Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning I want to ask you to think about a few things for a moment. We're going to start a a new uh, series of sermons about uh, some things that may hit home to you as uh, you're going through some things. Uh, Let me tell you a story about something that happened over a hundred years ago. It was on March 25th, 1911 that uh, people were going about their business, doing their their usual things, and uh, people were... Uh, busy in their lives as any other day. And on this particular day, uh, right before the uh, end of the day, a fire broke out on the top floor of a building uh, in New York. And this was back, uh, of course, when the buildings were nine, ten stories tall because uh, it was, remember, it was 1911. But uh, the building held 500 people and 145 people died that day because when the fire broke out, the doors were locked and chained and a lot of the fire escapes that were going up to that top floor were old and decrepit and were falling to pieces. And so as people tried to get out of that building, they either burned to death because they were trapped or they uh, fell to their death trying to go down the fire escapes or just simply jumped from the ninth story because the fire got too hot. As a result of that fire, we have laws in buildings like that that require uh, sprinkler systems and uh, frequent checks on uh, saving devices such as fire escapes. And we have laws about doors locking and having the ability to open them from the inside but lock from the outside, uh, fireproof doors and things like that. Uh, But because of those things that happened, many people's sons and daughters, mothers and fathers didn't come home that day. And and in spite of all the good that came from that situation, people still lost their life. 145 people lost their life. And many of us want to ask that kind of the kind of question that that happens whenever something, some tragedy like that happens, we say, why? Why did this have to happen? Let's bring that a little bit closer into time. Uh, how about uh, on March the 11th, 2011 at uh, 2.46 p.m., there was a massive earthquake that struck Japan 
And as a result, um, not many people died uh, as a result of the earthquake because Japan is on a fault line and Japan is, is built amazingly with buildings that sway and allow for uh, give uh, as a result of earthquakes, much as uh, a lot of California is. Uh, being uh, so close to a, a fault line there in California. But what uh, happened was is that earthquake, as a result of that earthquake, uh, there was a tsunami that hit uh, as a result of that, and 16,000 people died as a result of 90-foot waves that, that crashed into uh, populated areas of Japan. And we're talking about not too long ago. We're not talking about a time where uh, we're just not aware of those kind of things. We're not talking about a time where we don't have safeguards and we don't have uh, systems to, to prevent those kind of tragedies as a result of a natural disaster. But we, we still say the same kind of thing. Why? Why did that have to happen? Why? And a lot of times we tend to have those kind of questions when we face natural disasters, when things like fires that rage through uh, California as they have been the last several uh, weeks. We, we tend to say, why God? Why, why is it that these, uh, that these things had to happen? Or, or we simply uh, tend to say, why God, when a child uh, dies because of illness that comes on in the middle of the night or, or as a result of, of a car accident, a uh, mother and uh, father and, and all the children die as a result of a car accident simply because somebody got too tired or someone uh, lost uh, focus Focus on what they were doing, and uh, or they drop something. One of the the worst things that happen is when we're going about our business and we think we have everything under control, and we spill something on our lap, or we do something, and it results in a tragedy and the loss of life. And we say, "Why? Why, God?" Why is it that this had to happen at this moment where maybe uh, they were holding a coffee cup and, and the driver of the car, uh, there was a little moisture on their skin or, or something and the, and the coffee cup slipped a little bit, just enough to allow some coffee to spill on the driver and make him lose his focus for a minute and they drifts over into the oncoming lane and all of a sudden everybody in the car is dead. We say, why, God? And they, you know, actually, this, this is one of the questions that we as pastors tend to get all the time when these things happen. One of two questions is always present. Why did God allow that? And the second question is very much like it. Why didn't God do something? Why did God allow that to happen in my life? Why did God allow this to happen in that person's life? Why, God, are you doing this to me? And the other question, why didn't, God, why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you keep that from happening? Why didn't you do something to prevent that? A lot of times we tend to to not have those answers. And the best thing that we can do is go to the Lord and ask Him 
those questions. You know, uh, there was a, a long time that I was taught in my early life that you don't question God. You don't question God why He did this. You don't question God why He didn't do something. You just simply accept it. But the 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 mature thing in Christ is not to avoid from asking those kind of questions, but to sincerely call unto God and seek Him and find out why it is that these things are happening and to help allow him because he God know, has the answers amen God has the answer it's just a lot of times we don't tend to see those answers turn with me in your bibles to the old old testament book of habakkuk we're going to look at habakkuk and habakkuk is a a, a great book to answer these kind of questions habakkuk was written during the same time as uh, the two other books that are on either side of, of Habakkuk, they were contemporaries. All three of these prophets were. And they were all living during a time in which a lot of things were happening. Uh, Habakkuk was written uh, as a result of the fact of the crisis that was happening. There was crisis coming at Judah for two reasons. Now, first of all, you have to remember... Israel and Judah at this time are separated. They're not together. And uh, there's some things that are happening in Judah that cause uh, a crisis. Um, it, the crisis caused the, the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and a lot of the people that lived in that area to be taken off into captivity. There was two crises. One was from within. There was a lack of character. There was a lack of devotion to God. There was a lack of, of dependence upon God. People were following their own pathways and doing their own thing. So that was the crisis from within. There was also a crisis from without. And there was a, uh, a great evil that was coming to the people of uh, Judah at that time and besieging them, causing them great uh, crisis in their life as a result of, of that. Uh, again, uh, was uh, the fact that there was a, gr- a lot of upheaval in the time of uh, the writing of Habakkuk. And there was also another crisis in the life of of those who were uh, living through that. And Habakkuk kind of expresses that. He says, God, why is it that this is happening? And why aren't you doing something about it? God, why, why are we going through this? Why is this happening? And God, why aren't you bringing judgment on these heathens that are out there that are doing all of this and protecting us? Why aren't you there for us? And so, and to be quite honest, this, this is a lot of times the question that we have as well. Why? Why, God? And so, let's look at the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses. It says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. And so this is uh, a book written by a prophet of God and he's saying to God in these words, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show 
me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me and they are that rise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacking and judgment doth never go forth for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Behold ye among the heaven, uh, heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye shall not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I shall rise, I rise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful, and their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their horsemen shall come from far, and they shall fly as the eagle that hasten to eat. And they shall come all for violence, and their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity as the sand, and they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be scorned unto them, and they shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God." Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment, and, O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. So Habakkuk is painting the scene. He's telling about all of this terrible stuff that's happening. And he's crying out to God. First of all, uh, we see Habakkuk and he's saying, God, are you not even aware of what's happening? Don't you see the things that, that are going on? Don't you hear the things that are, that are uh, uh, the cries that we're crying out to you? And he, he talks about all of this thing that, that's happening and, and he's crying out to God. And a lot of times when we are enduring such hardships and problems and difficulties, that's kind of our attitude as well. God, don't you even know what's happening? God, don't you hear the, the cries of your people going up to you? God, are you not even listening to what I'm saying? And a lot of times when we're going through hardships and problems, we say those same kind of things. We lift up our prayers to God. We, we ask God to take care of a situation. Maybe we have a, a family member that's going through a terrible disease or maybe we found out some awful thing that's happening in our lives. Uh, maybe somebody in our life is, uh, is, is going through a, a dramatic change like a, a divorce or something like that. And we, we lift up our voice to God and we say, God, won't you please help us? Won't you please be there for us? Help us through this time. God, won't you please stop this from happening anymore? And we cry out to God. Habakkuk saying, in essence, I've not only asked for God to take this from us, but I've pleaded and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And it's as if God is not there. Now, I have to say this. Uh, 
we tend to, uh, to think that we're the microwave age, and I've talked about that a lot of times, about how we tend to want results right away, and we pray to God, and we expect that as soon as we open our eyes that God's going to answer our prayer. But we're not the only ones. Habakkuk is praying, God, why haven't you heard us? Why haven't you? We've cried out and pleaded because of the internal struggle that's going on, the crisis that's happening from within. Habakkuk has been fully aware of all those things that are. Uh, it's as if his nation is decayed from within. Sound kind of familiar? We tend to think that about our own nation as well. We, <coughs> we've been. <coughs> excuse me. We've been praying about, you know, the the fact that it seems as though our nation is pulling further and further away from God and, and it seems as though we're more and more secular every single day. Habakkuk has been praying about this for a long time and he, he says, God, don't you hear my prayers? Well, of course God hears his prayers. Of course God is aware of what's going on. And he and and the thing is though is Habakkuk is not aware of why God is doing this. He's not aware of why God is allowing this and he's asking that. He's saying, "Why are you showing me the iniquity of man or or why are you causing us to have all of this to happen to us, uh, the the violence that's happening before us and, and all these things that are going on. We're aware of them. You're aware of them. And it's almost as if he's saying, God, why haven't you done anything yet? It's like being at a rally or something and you and you uh, are walking by and all of this uh, bad stuff is happening. Uh, I can't imagine being somebody at, at, at an event in Portland where, uh, not too long ago where a rally was happening and all these people started uh, beating on people and, and seeing a police officer there and he's just standing there watching it and he's not doing anything. And you go up to the police officer, Why, don't you see these people doing these things? Why aren't you in there doing something? We kind of want to make God out, of, out to be the celestial uh, police officer. God, why aren't you doing th- something? Why aren't you stopping this? Why aren't you getting in there and, and preventing all these bad things from happening? Let me ask you a question. Does God anywhere say in the Bible as a Christian that we shouldn't ever expect bad things to happen. Now there are people in uh, that are preaching in much bigger churches today and many who are preaching on TV that will tell you that uh, that uh, it, once you become a Christian and you get saved that God's going to take care of all your problems. He's going to make you to have a whole bunch of money. You're going to be able to drive a, a fine, nice car and, and God's going to keep you from experiencing anything bad. Nothing, uh, any, nothing bad is going to ever happen to you. But that's not what God says. God's Word tells us He'll be there with us. And He'll help us through those situations, but He never does say 
that He'll keep those things from happening. Just think about all the disciples who lived uh, through the days after Jesus uh, was crucified and, and He was buried and raised the third day. Yes, it was wonderful when they were able to experience the resurrection, resurrected Jesus, but once Jesus left and, and all of a sudden uh, the message of God began to spread all over, uh, one, something happened and, and all of a sudden all this persecution began to happen to the Christians. They didn't simply sit there and say, uh, uh, God, what's going on? Why are you causing this to happen? Jesus even warned them. He said, look, if they crucified me, what do you think uh, they're going to do to you? I'm the teacher and they crucified me. As the people, you have to understand, they're going to have the same opinion of you as well. We have to understand that, that God never told us that our life would be a bed of roses. He did tell us, though, that He'd help us through. He'd help us through the floodwaters. He'd help us to go through the fire. And He'll help us to, to proceed on until that day in which He takes us home. Habakkuk is simply pleading to God, why aren't you keeping us from experiencing this? Look at what he says. He says, uh, the law is slack, judgment is never happening, the wicked are doing all these awful things. And he says to those who are uh, his companions, look at verse 5, he says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye shall not believe, though it be told you. So what we need to see is, is that in the midst of all of this, first of all, as I said, God's there. He hears our prayers. He knows what we're going through. And secondly, Habakkuk told the people, when things like that happen, wait and see what God will do. Wait and see the miraculous things that God will accomplish. Wait and see the, the tremendous things that God is about to do. Now, with the... With the uh, the disciples, after uh, Jesus ascended into heaven, they did experience a lot of persecution. But what did that do? It kept them from staying there in Jerusalem. They were told to go out into Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth sharing the gospel. Well, what did persecution do? It made the people scatter. It made their, their faith in God stronger. It caused them to depend upon Jesus Christ and the message that He shared. And it caused them to write down those messages because they didn't know how long they were going to have to live. And they wanted to share with other people. And they shared the gospel so that the gospel wouldn't die with them. And as a result, the gospel spread all over. And those written things that they shared uh, in written form, we have them today in the form of the Bible. Because simply because they knew that, that they had to, to keep the message of Jesus Christ going forth because of the persecution. And as a result, we have Scripture to this day that's continuing to, to spread because of what God was doing. And 
So God used the persecution that they experienced to spread His gospel, to cause the growth of the, of the gospel, and to cause people to, to, to cling in faith to Jesus Christ. What, did we, what do we see here in Habakkuk that God is doing through this? Well, God is, is sending a message to the people. He, said, uh, he says, uh, I'm going to rise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are tre- terrible and dreadful. And he goes on to describe the uh, the uh, Chaldeans and the way in which they'll go through. And he says, they're going to come through and they're going to wipe you out. They're going to just wipe out and devastate all the land. They're going to co- bring all of this, uh, this terrible calamity upon you. And they're going to cause them to come in and possess all of your land. They're going to come in and they're going to uh, possess your homes and your dwelling places. And all of this fear is coming upon the people that are hearing this. And they're hearing this and they're saying, wait a minute, you just said that God's still there. Wait a minute, you just said that God's going to do some great things. How is it that God is there and God's going to do great things if all of this bad stuff is happening? Well, the third thing that we have to look at, look at verse 12. All the bad things are happening. And then uh, at the very end of our scripture for this morning, he says, uh, uh, the writer says, uh, and he's talking to God, Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment. And O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. He says, thirdly, he says, uh, uh, God is always there and He is bringing about His marvelous work. And in the life of the, of, the, of the people of Judah at this time, it was to bring correction. It was to bring instruction. It was to bring reproof. God's always there. God's going to do a mighty thing. but And God accomplishes Uh, many things through those kind of bad things that happen and sometimes it is to correct us, to reprove us, to to move us back to center on Him, to cause us to, to depend upon Him and trust in Him. In the life of the Israelites or the Jude, uh, the people of Judah at this time, it was to cause them to be corrected. Remember I told you there were two problems. The one problem was from without the Chaldeans that were coming. But the other problem was from within. And Habakkuk is saying all of this is happening to change us from within. You see, for you to have a life that is right with God, God first needs to change you from within. It means that God has to do a miraculous thing in your life to cause and bring... God's not going to change you from without and then clean you on in. He's going to start on the inside and go out. And the people of Judah, they had to understand and know that God was bringing about a great change in their life. To, God was using this experience to correct them and to bring them back in right enlightenment with God. And God was doing those things. So we need to ask ourselves, when things like this happen, when this kind of stuff happens in our life, what is God trying to teach me? 
What is God trying to, to, to do in my life to correct me? Maybe it's just simply to cause you to spend more time trusting in Him and relying upon Him and, and knowing that your trust is in Him. You know, a lot of us want to trust in uh, that gun that's behind the door in our home or that bank account that we've got uh, that's going to uh, be our golden parachute. Or maybe it's our job or our 401k or, or maybe it's... It's the, uh, the stocks that we have in the stock market that's going to keep us from having problems in our life. We trust in so many things other than God. And God might be saying, you know, you need to trust in me. Rely upon me. Allow me to prove to you who I am. Maybe it's just simply to cause you to, to realize not only that God is able to, to uh, uh, save you and correct you and, and keep you from harm, but He's there to do a mighty thing in your life. To cause you to experience great joy at being used of God. You know, it's not easy when you feel called of God and you're going through a hard, difficult time and one of the things that uh, when I was experiencing a difficult time, I, I, I had a, a dear brother in Christ that came up to me and he said, you know, before God used Moses in a great and mighty way, He took him out into the wilderness and he was out in the wilderness for a long period of time until God called him 40 years and when Jesus was about to do a great and wonderful thing, God took Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 days. A lot of times God brings us closer to Him when we have to go through a wilderness of hardship to get our hearts and lives centered upon Him so that He can use us. So when you have those times when you say, why God, why is it that you're doing this? Or why didn't you do something always remember he's there for you he's able to he's able to take that difficult and horrible thing and do a mighty wonderful thing in your life and look to see what god is trying to teach you what god is trying to prove you many times he'll take us through the fire to get all of the impurities and the dross and all the bad things off so that we might be that pure, refined uh, 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 iron of God that we might be used of God to, to do a great thing or that He might put us through the refiner's fire so that we'll be as pure gold so that He would be able to use us for His purpose. So when we go through those things, we have a tendency to want to doubt God, never doubt Him. Never doubt God and what He's trying to do in your life. But always know that He's there for you. He's there to lift you through. He's there to correct you and lead you in the right direction. Let's pray.